You enjoying yourself? Good. That's good. It's lovely to see you all here. Um, right. Where do I start? At the beginning, it's always good. You're right. <clears throat> I was um, driving back from a lesson in Sheffield yesterday, and I was talking to Claire on the way back, and she said, you know what, you're preaching about tomorrow night. Um, and it just all rolled off my tongue so easily. It was like, there was no issue, didn't need any notes, and then I end up with these stupid things in front of me, and I'm like, I don't even know what I've written. So it's strange, isn't it? It's like, I was saying, if, if I was to get up here and someone was to say to me, right, Joel, speak to me about X, I would just be able to talk about what it was that came into my head. It's really bizarre, I was saying to James, wasn't I, how you're aware that you've got a certain amount of time and you want to take people on a journey. And to some degree, just um, normal conversation can get so expansive, can't it, that you never kind of end up bracketing it in. So I've, I've done my best and I've, I've kept it to a, a few pages. But anyway, so... Um, that, uh, just going back to what happened there with Pete, I, 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 you know, I commend him for doing that because it's uh, it, what's going on in our world sometimes baffles me. It's like I can't. I mean, I don't know. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I've, I don't watch the news anymore. Now, some of you may disagree with that. Um, you know, I will. I do catch wind of certain things that are happening through social media or whatever. But I find that the amount of negativity and always putting it out constantly, I'm thinking, within all of this, somehow I've got to maintain some joy and belief that actually we serve something higher that is able to bring all this together somehow. And, and sometimes I find that when I watch um, a news session, by the end of it, I'm just thinking, oh, like, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? So I think... Um, it's very important. We just, I, I would say pray. When I say pray, I think that we need to get into much more of a place where we are appreciative and grateful for what we have. And I actually think the more we appreciate and are grateful for where we stand in our lives, I actually believe that has a ripple effect um, on the world around us. So I, I want us to be a grateful house because um, that's not happened to us. You know, I mean, stuff may have happened, but, you know, that hasn't happened. So I think where we stood now, we're in a warm building. Um, you know, we're together. There's a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? So I know even, even if we left it there, I think thankfulness is a, a real important thing. Um, I loved what Ant said last Saturday night about um, Christ-likeness versus sun-likeness. Um, it was a real eye-opener to me because for a while I've been thinking about that particular topic and it was quite fascinating to me that um, it's something that you hear of frequently within the church, even to some degree within ours, and the general kind of stream of things that people would say Christ-likeness, it's a term. And when of course Ant said actually the term Christ-like is not found anywhere within scripture. Now, you could say that there are references to particular things that you could say means being Christ-like, but it doesn't actually use that phrase. And one of the things they had mentioned was that to be Christ-like can often put quite a big demand on people that somehow suggests if you're not as loving as Christ, if you're not as forgiving as, of Christ, if you're not as good to the homeless as Christ, if you're not as good with tax collectors, murderers, whatever, then somehow you've almost missed out on where you should be. So actually in our strive of becoming Christ-like, 
you actually end up feeling like somehow you've never really hit the mark. Well, we've understood as a house that it's not about hitting a mark. And Father God is never looking for us to hit a mark because once you realize, and this is what Ant was getting at, once you realize your sonshipness to Father God, it doesn't become, and I've written it here, it doesn't become about replicating something, it just becomes about recognizing something. Now, why could Christ live and act and teach the way that he did? It said that a dove descended from heaven, or the skies open, I don't know whether it's the skies open, it said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And it was from that moment on that he began, you could say, his Christ-like mannerisms because he'd had an experience of the father. And at that point, it was like, I get it. I now know who I am in relation to Father God, and therefore I can now live out my job here on earth. Now, there may be someone here that might, but I'm not going to the cross in my lifetime. I don't know about you. I'm talking like physically, yeah? We are living very different lives to what Jesus lived. We're in a different culture. We're in a different time. We're in a different age. So maybe the releasing part of all this is just as Jesus saw the heavens opened and realized who he was before the Father, maybe when we start really truly recognizing who we are in relation to our creator, that those things that happened within Christ will also start to flow in us. Does that make sense? So don't strive, just recognize what God's already said that you are. Don't imitate, recognize. Once you recognize, you will naturally want to be loving. You'll want to be forgiving. You'll want to be kind because you'll realize I am at one with the creator and all things from him, him flow. Does that make sense? Good. All right. Now, who would say in here, at some point in your life, you have had a struggle with not knowing where you fit? Thank you. Would you say it's quite a frequent struggle? Yeah? So generally in society, you could say it's, it's quite a, an important issue um, that we deal with on a daily basis, um, connecting with people who really struggle to know where they fit. Now, have you heard the term, I'm just a speck on this, a tiny speck on this huge planet or this huge universe or whatever? Now, if I was to say, you're not a speck, but you are it, how would that make you feel? So if I said, you're not only, you don't only struggle with the fact that you feel sometimes where you fit, but you are it. That's quite huge, isn't it? That you as people are it. Let that sink in a second. That's quite a vast statement to make. So you go from feeling like a misfit to being told, actually, you're it. You think, oh, who, me? And surely, surely not me. Let me expand on this. You see, how many of you know that every 500 years, they say, on average, we have what's called a revolution. 
Now, why do we get to a point where there's a revolution? It's because people are constantly taking thought beyond that which it has been before. So over a long period of time, people are uniting together to take thought beyond that which has been before. Now, you will all admit that most revolutions that occur are usually pretty world-changing in their manifestation. Would you all agree? Now, they haven't been tiny specks, insignificant specks in the universe, have they? They have actually all united together to create something pretty incredible. And yet here we are as people still usually sat so upset with ourselves. You know, I don't know where I fit. I feel so insecure. I feel so stressed. I feel this, that, and the other. And yet our world is constantly being changed and, and expanding because of people like us uniting together to take thought beyond that which has been before. Now that to me is pretty massive. Did you know in your own world, your own families, your own circles, you are constantly expanding and evolving and taking thought beyond that which has been before? Always. Always, whether you think it or not, it's happening. You're just not aware that it's happening, but you are. So I want to start from this premise. You are not just tiny specks in a wide, vast universe. You are incredibly significant beings. So be inspired. Be inspired, all right? Have you ever heard of the term, the world doesn't revolve around you? Does anybody say it to any of their friends or family? The world doesn't revolve around you, you know. Actually, (laughs) it does. I've been serious, it actually does. (laughs) Now, you're probably thinking, no. I can clarify. If... Now, okay, when I talk about the world revolving around you, I'm not talking about the globe in the respects of like, yeah, you know, it doesn't all of a sudden tilt on its axis a little bit more because you've got in a mood or something like that, you know, not quite. When I say the world revolves around you, you understand what I mean, like the world as in your experiences. Now, if the world didn't revolve around you, then any decision or choice that you made would have no impact on anyone or anything. Ever. Everything would be able to continue functioning just fine. You could be offended, you could be bitter, you could be joyful, you could be whatever, and none of those emotions would have one squat of difference on anything around you. Now, you and I know that that's categorically untrue because things do happen when we react in certain ways, when we have a certain attitude, when we do certain things. The world around us does look very different when we're joyful and looks very different when we're in a bad mood. Do you agree? That's good then. So, for example... Take somebody who's struggling with insecurity, you know, let's just take that as an example. Um, 
they believe that they're nobody or a little speck on this, on this planet, that will in turn pull people in who think very similar to how they think. Because, come on, hands up. When you think in a certain way, you always seem to end up around people who think the same. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? You just do. So if you're annoyed, it happens to be that the people who are annoyed with the same people, oh, I'm annoyed with that person too. I'll come over here. You see it happening all the time. It happens with me as well. So what happens is you're insecure and then you attract them people who are very similar. You all unite. We all unite over that same belief, failing to realize that as we're creating that, that is having a consistent chain reaction of what it is we feel about ourselves, what we feel about the world, and what that then is showing to other people. It's the same with people who are very content and very happy. They will either irritate the hell out of you because you're mad and they're happy, (laughs) or you'll walk into a room and think, wow, there's a really good vibe in here. Hang on a second, I thought that our choices and decisions didn't somehow correct. Do you, see, do you hear where I'm coming from? It's huge. If we only understood actually our, our belief systems actually created in this world, everybody, everybody, like all 7 billion people on this earth, that would be then really when you would get a breakthrough because people would be more aware of what we were putting out around us. So you're all with me so far? So, in understanding that we're not just a speck and actually we're incredibly significant beings, we are contributing to the story of our world, whether good or bad. You, tonight, are contributing to the story of your world, whether good or bad. And it may change depending on how you feel on a given day. Now, if I was to set you a challenge for the week to go away and pay more attention to what it is that you're thinking and feeling when you're up against certain things, you will be much more aware that what I'm saying tonight happens. What happens is we live our life with blinkers on most of the time, so it's like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to go through life very passive, hoping somehow that I never really have to face the reality of what it is that's going on. But if you were to actually be more aware of what it is that you were thinking and feeling, a lot of the time, almost 100% of the time, none of us would be shocked at what circumstance we would find ourselves in. Because things are occurring all the time that are taking us to certain things. And if we were more aware of that, we would actually be able to deal with those feelings and thoughts before it ended up way down here where we're like, oh my Lord, how did I get myself over to this position here? And we've all been there, right? It's interesting. I read a story the other week about, um, it was about Nazi Germany during the Second World War. And um, it was talking, it was some of the case studies of people who had been in the, in the gas, you know, the gas chambers. Well, not from the gas chambers, but in the, in the yeah. Um, but one guy had written that 
there was this sense of fear and this sense of sadness and this sense of heaviness amongst the people. And I know that I would have most certainly been one of them. And yet he said what was so incredible, he felt free. He never felt like he'd been taken prisoner. He had absolutely no fear of death. He felt absolutely at one with himself. And he actually said that he eventually escaped. But what he said was he had absolutely not one squat of fear in his body at all. And he said he found the whole experience it's like it just, he, wasn't, he wasn't phased by any of it. Now ask yourself the question, why, why did he think that, but then the other case studies? So are you understanding that it's all down to what it is that we're believing and thinking and feeling? Now yes, there are some incredible hard situations, but what I'm trying to get across to you here is that the power of what we think and how we feel is going to determine the experiences in your life. Does that make sense? Good. So, you only have to look at, did anybody see the accident that happened with Riley last week? Where he pulled the whole lectern onto him and nearly ended up like <laughs> skewered by it. Yeah, it wasn't nice. Now, it was interesting because I've learned a lot from that this week. In the, why are children so free? Got no fear. They don't really know what fear is yet, do they? Um, Jesus says something quite incredible. He says, unless you become like this little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's interesting. For those of you who knew with us tonight, when he talked about the kingdom of heaven, he wasn't talking about heaven as a place. He was talking about a realm and experience here on earth. Now, it's interesting that children can face, have arguments with one another, have grudges, have issues, fight, whatever, fall over, all of these different things, and yet it doesn't seem to, um, it doesn't seem to affect their life's experience. It's almost like the whole part of it is incredibly invigorating. It's like they love what they're learning, and it's like they fall, but it's like the following day they can't remember that they've, well, five minutes later they can't remember that they've fallen, and they're on to the next thing. It's like they have no recollection somehow of it being a problem, they just live. So I can now see why Jesus was saying, unless you become like this little child, because you see, what I said earlier about people feeling like misfits, children don't really feel like misfits because there's no reason to feel like a misfit because to them, everything's open, everything's inclusive. There's no reason to feel remotely unsettled whatsoever. But you see, here's what, what happens. The parents and the adults come into the equation. Remember, we've all been kids and we've all had parents and adults who were older than us, so this is no judgment on adults and parents, who are out of that stage of being a kid now, who have learned the lesson, you must learn, you never go near that again, and that's very dangerous, and you must always be aware, diddle, 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 be, be afraid of this, be afraid of that, you know, don't do this, don't do that, diddle, 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 diddle. So then gradually, the child's brain starts to think, hmm, I thought I was okay, but actually that person just said there's a reason to be afraid. So what happens? The child's brain starts developing just as ours had when we moved into sort of into our teens or whatever, where all of a sudden the world is no longer quite the place that it used to be when you were a child. You can see why Jesus was saying, unless you become like a little child, because who are the most free? 
They are, aren't they? So, that happened with Riley, and it hasn't stopped him from going near it. He's aware of what happened, but he's not afraid of the lectern. Do you see the difference? Parent would say, don't go near that because it'll happen again. Riley says, I'm aware of what happened, but I can still go near it again. As long as I don't do make the same mistake. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's a difference. One is saying the whole thing now has to be feared. The other is saying, I've learned from that part of the experience, but it doesn't mean I have to shut out everything altogether. And it's taught me a lot because I think that that is quite a lesson to be learned. We restrict our experiences in life so much because we constantly cut ourselves off because we're afraid most of the time. Is that not true? So, how many of us in here are still pointing out that which happened a long time ago? Still talking about things that have happened decades ago? I'll put my hand up. Digging up feelings and thoughts that we don't like, but it's all we seem to be able to talk about. I'm going to tell you the title of my preach right now. If I can have the slide, please. We're going to go for a walk down memory lane. Now, you've all heard that term, right? Let's go for a walk down memory lane. Some people call it nostalgia. Now, what we're not aware of, just like this thing that happened with Riley, he doesn't really talk about it anymore, he's still very free to be able to to explore and carry on with his life. The more we discuss things that we don't like about what's occurred in our lives we're actually pulling all that negative stuff actually into our present reality. Think about that just for a second. The past is the past. So for you to be able to think about what's happened in the past, you have to think about it now. So to some degree, what people often want to keep in the past it's not actually in the past anymore because we're constantly reliving and talking and reliving and talking and reliving and talking on a daily basis. That which we think is in the past, but believe it or not, it's actually almost become, do you know when they say, it's like it happened yesterday? Well, that's because it kind of did because you were talking about it yesterday. I am guilty of this all the time. So, walk down memory lane. This can be incredibly helpful or incredibly destructive. Incredibly helpful or incredibly destructive. Listen to this. If our walk down memory lane enables us to view our experiences and become more aware of what it is that we do not need or want, Like Ant said last week, chipping away all of that which is not who we truly are. Then walking down memory lane is actually quite helpful. 
It's here where I'm coming from. You look back at what's been, you think, I didn't really like that. That was actually a pretty naff part of my life. And you think, I don't want that to be my now experience. So in looking at what has been, you think, right, mm-mm, don't want that in my life. So what do you do? You create new experiences that you do want. So it's actually serving you to become more you, right? Why is it that people say mistakes and failures often push people into a higher awareness or a higher place of grace or that sense of really understanding who they are? It's because, and I even know in my family, what we've experienced over the last however many years, when you've been able to experience the opposite and the contrast of something, you know what you don't want to feel again. And in knowing what you don't want to feel again, you then put things in place to change the way your life looks. It's actually quite easy to think of, really. So I, in effect, we use our experiences as a way to shape what we want our now to be. That's when our story really does You don't have to look at your story and be angry at it. You look at your story and you thank it and say, thank you, story. Thank you, history. Thank you, everything that's happened to me up to now. Because I can basically look at that and now decide, how am I going to take this now forward? Does that make sense? I hope this is is inspiring you because it's good stuff. This is what tends to trip people up. In walking down memory lane, let's take a trip down memory lane, you realize that you want your life to be different from what's been before. So what you do is you think, oh, I didn't like that stage in my life. It was awful. It was just horrible. So you make new decisions about what you want to be now. But In order to defend the new decisions that you've made, you keep talking about the fact that your life was so bad before, and the reason why you've made a new decision now is because, well, way back then, it was like really, really bad. So I've decided like I'm going to live my life differently now because it was just so, so bad, so bad. And those experiences that I had were so shocking and so awful. So I've decided I'm not going to go there anymore because they were really, really bad, you know, really, really bad. Do Do you hear me? So we don't say, oh, That really wasn't a great time in my life. So what I've done is I've realized that there's this whole world over here that I never realized I could experience. I'm now going to pick that and I'm going to have more joy and I'm going to have more connection with these people or whatever. We go, oh, I'm kind of making more connection with these. But I remember like when it was like really, really bad over there and I'm only doing it because it was really bad before. So do you understand that actually the decision that you've made to be free, you're not actually free at all. You're still bound and still living in the very place that you were before. Making sense? So no longer is walking down memory lane actually serving you anymore. It's actually making your life miserable. For me, I am very aware that I spend a lot of my life digging up past hurts, people who have hurt me, I talk about it a lot. Um, What's another one? Things that have happened with my church, my family, 
experiences that I've faced that I haven't liked. Um, but you see, rather than looking at that as my story and saying, okay, in understanding that that's my story, what now am I going to create? What am I going to create for all these beautiful people that are in my life? What am I going to create for the Rock of York in its future? Because remember, we're expanding, we're changing, we're taking thought beyond what it's been before. So the past will serve me. I'm glad at the experiences that this place has had because if we hadn't have had them, we wouldn't have come to the understanding or maybe we would have done through some other means, but it happened to be this way, that we have come to an understanding of what we've understood. So therefore, we thank what has been now in order to embrace what is now. Does that make sense? Good. Jesus said this, you were trying to put old wine in new wineskins. Hear it. New wineskin says, oh, you know, my life, you know I've, I've kind of, I'm taking a different shape to my life or whatever. But then still talking about all the negativity and effect, you put in all the old wine and it just doesn't mix. But let's have a look at it from this angle because we don't always have to go down memory lane to look at bad thoughts. We can go down memory lane to look at good thoughts. So let's look at it from that side. So when you look back at a time in your life that you really loved and you really enjoyed... Here's what happens, why often people who look back at good times are not happy now. It's because in looking back at the things that they loved, they now realize now that they don't have what they had then. So they feel in lack, they feel sad, they feel unhappy, they feel unsettled. And why? Because in walking down memory lane, oh, I remember when my church used to be like this, or I remember when my kids used to behave like this, or I remember, do you hear where I'm coming from? It was so wonderful. All that does is then make you aware of what you don't have now. That's not making life any better either. So do you understand how our thoughts instantly, if it's not serving us to create a better now, all it's doing is actually making us think of experiences that aren't actually making us feel Happy. I hope this is making sense. So, it's impossible to be the same as you were then as you are now, just purely for the fact that what, where you are now is not where you were then. We're in a different place now. Now, here's a good, a good point for you if you're taking notes. I think this was fab. I, I read this the other day. Most people call it nostalgia, but it's actually disconnection. Say that again. Most people call it nostalgia, but it's actually disconnection. Why? Because you're somehow trying to take what was and make it work now. But the fact is, it won't. Because who you are now, you've had a lot chipped off you since then. That doesn't fit who Julie Fletcher is now. That doesn't fit who Kathy Alkopolsky is now. That doesn't fit who Stuart is now. But you see, we try and pull all of that stuff into our now reality. But the fact is, they don't work together. And then we wonder why we feel so incredibly disconnected. It's because we're trying to live now through 
thoughts and feelings that are gone. You're all thinking, whoa. But it's exciting. Because what I'm telling you is we can all be free. And that's good, isn't it? That's good. So, I'm nearly done. Some of you may think that I've suggested that memories are bad. And I would like to, you know, I'm not saying that at all. Memories are incredibly good. Memories are very, very good. And memories never, never, ever, ever, ever restrict you from what you need to be. Never. It's how you look at that memory that will restrict you from what you need to become. So if the way you're looking at that memory is making you feel incredibly sad and incredibly disconnected, then it's time to, look, it's time to stop looking at that memory. Now, some of you have become so, and me, have become so defined by those memories, they've become your story. So you think, Joel, I couldn't possibly let go of what I felt like because if I let go of that, then what am I now? What you are now is what you would love to be now. And that is what I love about God, is the fact that he's given us this free will that we can create something spectacular from every moment that we live, how we feel, what we think, that he says, look, if you will understand your sonship, then you're not aware of all the incredible things that are available to you in every, every single moment. It says in the Bible, it says, now faith, now faith. It's about what's happening now, that you have a hope and an openness and a willingness to believe that in every moment of your life, you are on the edge of something new and special and creative and it's all for the taking. If you can't look at the good times in the past without seeing lack now, or if you can't look at the bad times in your past and be thankful that they have brought you to where you are now, then it's time to stop thinking about them. It's time to stop thinking about them. This message is for me, because I haven't fully grasped this yet. But what I know is, the times that I've had moments where I've applied some of these principles, I felt a lot more free. I haven't felt as bound by what it is that I'm feeling. And I think ultimately our, our job in this life is to get free, is to experience freedom and know what that feels like. Now, quick question that a lot of people ask. Why do we activate memories so frequently? Like what, what, because we do, don't we? It's, you know, we, we talk about things all the time, like memories. More often than not, um, we use them to some degree to justify our current viewpoint of life. So what was before, we now use as our way to justify where we stand. Um, so rather than them actually being something that creates a beautiful thing, because memories are, I mean, I can think of so many things in my life that I've loved and have been a great thing, but I'm aware that they can't define me because Joel now is very different to when I was three living in America. Do you understand what I mean? Or Joel now is different to the experience I faced with my family 
because I'm not there anymore. Is it, is it making sense? Good. So, what happens in life is that as we talk about something more frequently, it becomes a belief. I would say that all a belief is, is a series of thoughts, like a wheel, view it like a wheel, a series of thoughts that are getting faster and faster and faster and faster that you can't stop. The momentum is so fast that it's almost like, oh, it literally is what you now believe. It's interesting, you know, they say about smoking, you know, you have a couple of cigarettes and there's not really much of a problem. The more you continue to smoke and the more you focus on needing those cigarettes, this wheel gets faster and faster and faster and faster until it gains so much momentum that to not have then the 30 a day, it's like, oh, I can't function. So basically, that's all it is. It's constantly looking and focusing on something. So what we do in life, we think about something that's happened to us and we keep thinking about it, 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 thinking about it over and over and over again. So do you see what's happening? The wheel is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So the question here is this. On the basis of that, how do we change our old beliefs? How do we change them? And here's the challenge, and this is where we're going to end. The challenge is this. You create a new experience now by having new thoughts. I can't give you any more help than that. <laughs> you could say, oh, you mean we've gone that whole roller coaster ride to get to that point? The roller coaster ride I've took you on is so you understand how we, how we work as people. I don't know whether. In some of the things I've said, you've been aware of how your brain works and how you do think of things constantly back and bring them into your... This week, have a look at it because you'll be shocked at how often, at how often it actually, actually happens. So you have a choice in this moment, all of you, to start thinking new thoughts. One person said to me the other day, was like, oh, you know, I'd heard what you'd said about, you know, you know, going down memory lane and I do it all the time. You know, I'm, I've got quite negative with it and I, I do, I'm, I'm bound by those feelings. And it was like, but you know, you'd said about thinking like new thoughts and I went and like, I, I did it like once and then like I realized that then five minutes later I felt the same. And I'm like, your whole life has been confessing this particular thing and you said one, like, I think, you know, something along the lines of like, oh, you know, I'll garden or something like that, and that'll make me feel better. And it was like, it didn't work. We understand how we think that one new thought is somehow going to completely change this world that we've got so used to living in. But you see, the world that you're used to living in, you're only used to living in because you're in once with that in the same stage as this new thought. It just happens to be that that's the one that's gained the speed. So, new thoughts. What do you want your life to be now? Philippians 4 verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So, 
I feel like I'm leaving it completely up in the air, but if that's where it has to be left, then that's fine. Has it made you think? I hope it has. Because I don't want you to go away tonight feeling that somehow you're not allowed to ever think. <laughs> Do you understand? Be like, oh, Joe said you can't think of anything like that's just happened. So like if somebody has a conversation, you're like, we can't talk about that again. Because it's happened a minute ago. You understand where I'm coming from. Life's experiences are incredible. You know, we should be talking about things that we've been through and talking about our experiences, but only ever to enhance you, to make you more you, to make you you -er. You need to be you -er, yeah? The fact is, we don't want to end up as this block of whatever it was, was it marble, with just a chunk missing here, a chunk missing there, everything looking completely disconnected and not looking like a beautifully carved and sculpted you, yeah? So be inspired, love you all, and think good thoughts. Yeah? We'll leave it there. Well done. <laughs>